It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill said you Panthers Wire hitting you guys back up. It is Thursday, July 5th. Hope you guys had a good 4th of July. Uh, if you're still celebrating, you know, be safe and have fun if you're extending it into this weekend. A uh, bit of a special episode here today. Um, kind of a crossover, but it's basically the Locked On Falcons podcast, but I'm going to share it with you guys here. Uh, so this is essentially me on the Locked On Falcons podcast with Aaron Freeman talking about the the Panthers offseason and kind of what to expect for this season. So hope you guys enjoy it and um, be sure to check out Aaron Freeman as well and his work with the Falcons. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined with, by none other than Bill Rossetti, the host of the Locked On Panthers podcast. We're going to be talking quite a bit about this Panthers offseason and uh, the upcoming 2018 season. Um, uh, Bill, welcome back to the show. I don't think we had you on Locked On Falcons since December, but uh, I've talked to you at, uh, on other podcasts I do called Falcon Central Radio. So I will say welcome back to this episode, but it hasn't been that long since I last spoke to you on another podcast. So welcome back to the show, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, we had a good time the last couple of times here on Locked On. And yeah, we're on the other pod. Did a, had a fun time with that. So you know, always good to talk with you, man. All right, man. So uh, I wanted to do these NFC South sort of off-season reviews um, just because, you know, as you know, when we get so focused on one specific team on this podcast, we sort of forget that there are 31 other teams and particularly, you know, three other teams in our division that, um, you know, we play every year that we know or should know better than any other team. And so this is part of that process, at least from my perspective, to try to catch up to where the Panthers are. And, and we're going to do this, at least on this podcast, for the other teams in the NFC South, but we'll kick things off. I guess, alphabetically with the, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so, like, to me, the interesting thing about the Panthers, you know, they, they're coming off a playoff loss to the Saints last year. Um, they made wholesale changes to their offense by hiring Norv Turner. And, you know, I think one of the issues that the question marks going into last season under Mike Shula was sort of to try to make their offense a more efficient offense with – you know, with the additions of guys like McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel and being more of a, a dink-dunk offense to sort of expose Cam to less hits, maybe get him be a little bit more effective and efficient. It didn't seem like that really worked out too well. And then with the hiring of Norv Turner, who doesn't really play that type of offense, he's much more of the sort of classic, we're going to, you know, do these five- and seven-step drops and we're going to chuck it deep type of play-calling uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? Like, obviously, Cam has been much more effective with that more vertical-oriented offense throughout his career. And I'm curious, sort of, is what does this mean to what the changes the Carolina 
has gone through offensively where it seems like they're going through a little bit of an identity crisis. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how much the offense is going to expand. You know, definitely you're going to see a lot more vertical passing. You know, I think you're going to see a lot more Devin Funches kind of really being able to use his body a a bit more, you know, kind of maybe kind of get him more into what he was like in Michigan, just giving Cam kind of that big target outside, let him just go up and kind of high point the ball and just use, use his body to his advantage. Then you bring in DJ Moore, who's just going to be one of those guys that I think in this kind of offense where it's just going to be kind of all over the field. DJ Moore really is a guy that can get you, get you a whole lot of production, whether it's on, on the deep pass or across the middle of the field where, wherever it may be. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a lot. It feels like it's going to be a lot more explosive than it was in the past few years. You know, it's, it's not going to be as predictable as a lot of Panthers fans kind of made Mike Shula's offense turn out to be, you know, it, it really was, you know, it, it seems like you could just go in each week and just figure, okay, the game plan is going to be pound the ball with Jonathan Stewart, uh, sprinkling Christian McCaffrey, and then, Greg Olson in the middle, and then just hope one of the receivers comes through. Now it's gonna gonna feel a little more spread out. You know, you, you're gonna, you're gonna have your main weapons, but I think you're also, like I said, gonna see is it, more than just the top two receivers. You know, expect to see a little more Demir Bird um, and and a couple other. You know, they brought in Jairus Wright in free agency, and and even Curtis Samuel, last year's second round pick, who's still trying to kind of find his way after missing last season with an injury. So I I think there's definitely a feeling of excitement here, at least in in my opinion, where, you know, it's the, you know, North Turner obviously brings kind of an old school style, you know, he hasn't been coaching in a while, but he comes in with kind of the, you know, not necessarily a new school style, but a style in Cam Newton that he hasn't really been used to coaching over his career. So that combination, you know, how how those two kind of interact with each other and how Norv is able to integrate Cam into his offense or how he's able to adapt to what Cam Newton does, I think is really going to be kind of the, the catalyst uh, for – how explosive this offense could potentially be. Yeah, we saw the Panthers' offense be very explosive in the year that they went to the Super Bowl Mm and sort of fall off. And it it seems like with the additions of guys like Moore, you hope that McCaffrey, uh, if you're a Panthers fan, you hope that McCaffrey is going to be a little bit more of a chess piece in in a matchup, you know, mismatch offensively. It seemed like it was pretty predictable with sort of how they and when they use McCaffrey last year, and you wonder if, if Turner Turner's going to be able to find a way to sort of make him feel a lot more like what we saw last year with Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, and we saw the previous year with Tevin Coleman in Atlanta um, as this sort of asset out of the backfield. But I, I do think you're right with the Panthers. You know, how good this offense is will probably determine whether this team, I think, is a playoff team. We know the defense is pretty stable. We know what they bring to the table pretty much every year for the most part. And I don't, I don't think there's real, a whole lot of reason to think there's going to be a, any dramatic 
shift up or down for that unit this season based off of what they did last year. Um, but I think it really – a lot of hopes are pinned on the offense. And with that being said, what are your thoughts on sort of the losses to the offensive line and sort of what has been a problem area really since that Super Bowl where they sort of overachieved arguably in that 2015 season on their way to the Super Bowl and sort of came back down the earth the following year? You have you lost your best offense, arguably your best offensive lineman, Andrew Norwell at left guard. Um, you know, Ryan Khalil's basically said that this year is going to be his last year. Um, you have Daryl Williams, you have Trey Turner, seemingly the right side of your offensive line is uh, pretty solidified, but you have big question mark with Matt Khalil, left tackle. What, where is Taylor Moten going to be in the mix? Is he going to be at left guard? Is he going to be the swing tackle? Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the question marks along the offensive line? And does it inspire you, the amount of confidence that you, you think you need in order to feel good about the potential positives that Turner and, and this Panthers offense can do this year. Yeah, you definitely have to be concerned about, about the left side of the offensive line. You know, like you said, Andrew Norwell, arguably the best lineman last year for the team, now in Jacksonville. And they didn't do a whole lot to address it in free agency. You know, they brought in Jonathan Searles in free agency. They signed a couple of rookie free agents after the draft. But I think that's more because they want to see, you know, Ron, Ron Rivera in, in a way is promoting from within. You know, it's and it really feels like there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of competition for that left guard spot. You know, I've been mentioning it's between like Amini Silatolu and Jer, er, Amini Silatolu and Taylor Moten. But after OTAs and after minicamp, Ron Rivera listed a handful of players, about five, six guys that could all be in contention for the left guard. So seemingly all your, all the guys except for, you know, the rookies and a handful of others are really in the mix for that left guard, you know, Silatolu, Moten, Searles, uh, Tyler Larson's going to be in the mix. Um, Greg Van Rotten is going to be in the mix. So the, you're going to see a lot of mixing and matching, I think, here. And, you know, in a way that that could help the team because if all those guys are competing, you you have to hope that someone's going to step up from all this competition and kind of help plug in that hole, as it were. Um, but like you said, Matt Khalil, uh, question marks there. You know, he's been struggling the last couple of years. Yeah, he can go ahead and blame his foot injury on his struggles last season, but he's also had kind of the same problems uh, seemingly every year since his rookie year. Um, Ryan Cleo, of course, coming off that neck injury. You know, he he, see, he looks like he's doing well, though. He, he looks pretty healthy from what I've heard, so that's good to see him, you know, back in action, solidifying the center. You know, Trey Turner's obviously locked in a guard, but then you got Darrell Williams at Right tackle. Now, Williams, of course, excellent season last year. I think he was actually the third best or rated the third best tackle by Pro Football Focus. But now there's a bit of contract issue between the team, the team and Daryl Williams. You know, we thought that they were going to come to some kind of contract agreement 
before training camp. Now it sounds like there's they're pretty far apart and possibly there's not going to be an agreement. So, you know, if that's, that's a little worrisome because now you've got a solid right tackle that could potentially be hitting the open market. If the Panthers don't do something soon, you know, yeah, you have a lot of depth, but who's going to be, you know, if say Taylor Moten takes the left guard spot, do you put him back? At right tackle, if say something happens to Williams, or if you don't resign him, um, do you put Moten there and have and put Seal Tolo left guard and have Clausel as your backup? You know, there, there's there's some questions, uh, at, you know, after the starting five. But for right now, you know, your, your right side is solidified, but the left side very much up in the air. I still feel like Silatolu is probably the favorite, and I think he's probably going to be the first one out of the gate when they begin training camp. But Moten definitely has a lot of potential, and I think can easily steal that job away from Silatolu. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on sort of the addition of C.J. Anderson? Do you feel like he can do for you what Jonathan Stewart has done in recent years and, and do a potentially better job at sort of being more of that workhorse running back that, uh, you know, McCaffrey may or may not be at this point in his career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I thought that was one of the more underrated signings for, for the Panthers this off season. You know, he's, he's coming off playing all, all 16 games last season, rushed for over a thousand yards. We saw he, he's had potential. You know, you go back to 2014 where he had kind of that breakout season where he, he rushed for over 800 yards uh, and eight touchdowns in 15 games. Then he kind of tailed off off a little bit. And then 2016 kind of was a disappointment. But he bounced back in 2017. There just really wasn't room for him in that Denver backfield. You know, they wanted to get younger, as it were. You know, they... They have Devontae Booker, who I think they're pretty high on. And then they drafted Royce Freeman out of Oregon. But he, he definitely can be kind of what Jonathan Stewart was over the last couple of years for this Panthers team. You know, kind of coming in and more than just spell McCaffrey, you know, and he, he could probably be kind of that that short yardage back, you know, get, get you the tough yards. Maybe even be the goal line back, you know. As long as it's not Cam Newton, of course. He he's kind of the de facto goal line back. Mm-hmm. But uh, C.J. Anderson can kind of be in that position as well. So, you know, can McCaffrey handle the big load? He probably could. You know, Rivera's come out and tried to defend that fact and talk about what kind of runner McCaffrey was when he was at Stanford. But is he is he built to take that kind of beat in the NFL? You know that, that could you know maybe that's one of the kind of lesser reasons why they went out and signed C.J. Anderson and pretty cheap too. I don't think they're they're really giving him a whole lot of money, but you know it, so it's definitely gonna look like a value contract. I think like I said, he's someone that can really take some carries from McCaffrey. Give him a break here and there, and I think you're gonna, 
you know, I, I, I guess we'll put a little fantasy spin onto this too. If you're hoping McCaffrey is going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns, you may be disappointed. I, I could definitely see CJ Anderson kind of vulturing some of those scores from McCaffrey. So it's really going to be interesting to see what the balance is going to be uh, between the two of them. And then, you know, Cameron Artis Payne's going to get sprinkled in there a little bit just because, you know, he's been hanging around for a while. But yeah, you know, expect to see, I think, a pretty decent bit of CJ Anderson. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, the Panthers used their top pick on uh, wide receiver and DJ Moore was the first wide receiver taken in the draft, taking a couple spots ahead of Calvin Ridley, the Falcons' number one pick. And obviously because the two division rivals are two wide receivers drafted around the same area, there is going to be some compare and contrast between these two guys and their development. Um, and, you know, if one plays well and the other one doesn't, then people will be like, oh, they should have taken that, you know. But I'm curious sort of your expectations on DJ Moore and what his impact is going to be this year. You already mentioned that you expect Funches to be sort of the de facto number one guy. I'm curious sort of is Moore going to be more of that Ted Ginn to Funchess's Kelvin Benjamin, or are the Panthers going to expect him to, you know, probably long-term certainly be that number one guy, but uh, try to be that number one guy, you know, by at some point in his rookie season? Yeah, I think you could definitely tell that the team is really high on Moore. Uh, they were kind of gleaming over him in the uh, – in the post-draft press conference, or at least after they made the selection, you know, one of the things they mentioned was his yards after catch ability. And that kind of swung the needle more in his favor because yeah, you have to figure Calvin Ridley was absolutely in the mix, but I think they were just kind of enamored with DJ Moore's playmaking ability, you know, like I said, kind of, he he seems like he's one of those guys that can just kind of be all over the field. So it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of becomes the number one at some point. You know, it could happen this year, and I think definitely as we progress, you know, into year two and definitely into year three, he he's kind of going to be the guy. You know, I don't know if I'm going to sit here, you know, and, and I'm not great with player comparisons yet. You know, I, I can't sit here and say like, oh yeah, you know, they're right, he's the next Steve Smith. Like, you know, I I hear the comparisons, absolutely, 
but I'm not really in a position here to say, yeah, he's going to be the, the next Steve Smith or he's this guy or, or he's that guy. Like right right now, he's DJ Moore, and he is going to come in, and I think he's going to make a pretty decent impact, and you know he's definitely going to help move the ball, help the team move the ball a lot better. You know, not that they struggled moving the ball last year, but I th- think he just kind of will give them that little extra oomph that they haven't really had in the past couple of years. Um, I want to wrap things up a little bit by talking about the defense. I mentioned at the top that I don't know if they did a whole lot to really move the needle. I think the getting signing Don Terry Poe was a big move for them. Uh, you know, I think you know adding him to the mix already with Juan Short in the middle. I think that's an upgrade over. Uh, Star Latule, obviously Thomas Davis dealing with the suspension at the beginning of the year. They still do have Shaq Thompson. They're sort of revamping their secondary a little bit, but we know with sort of the type of defense that the Panthers play, you know, they they like to throw a lot of blitz out there. Uh, I'm curious sort of what expectations you have for the defense. Is it still looking, you know, expectation they'll be a top five unit, um, but are are there any sort of schematic changes? Are there any changes that we should be on the lookout this year and sort of could influence just how good this, this unit is overall? Yeah, I mean, there's still a little bit of continuity with the defense, you know, with Ed Washington moving up from defensive line coach to defensive coordinator now that Steve Wilkes is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So there, there's still going to be a little bit of familiarity there. You know, I think... I would expect, you know, my guess is you're probably going to still see a little bit of the same that you kind of saw under Wilkes. But, you know, impact-wise, yeah, you know, it's essentially the same defense, especially in the front seven. You know, like like you said, the only major change was Dontari Poe is now on the inside over Starlo Tulele. And you can argue that Poe is an upgrade over Lotulele. And they're really... You know, it's not like there was really much of a chance that Star was going to re-sign with the Panthers anyway. You've already given big money to Kawan Short. You're not really going to break the bank for two defensive tackles. So off off to Buffalo he goes. Linebacker-wise, as I've said in the past, and I think I mentioned this on the other, your other podcast too, expect to see a lot of nickel situations in the first four games with the Thomas Davis suspension. I think you're you're mostly just going to see Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson on the field for most of the downs. You know, so expect to see someone like Captain Munnerlin or, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe Dante Jackson, Denor Searcy, wh- whoever it ends up being as kind of that fifth defensive back. But I, I think you're going to start to see Shaq Thompson, I, I think this is kind of going to be like Shaq Thompson's coming out party. You know, you feel the break. He's, he's kind of broke out a little bit, and I think you're. it's really starting to build, and I think this could be the year that it really takes off. You know, he really starts to become one of the leaders of this defense. Now, you know, Th- Thomas Davis will still be around in the locker room and you know, when he comes back from suspension, and now he's saying he – he might come back to play in 2019, but it's it kind of feels too like Davis is also ready to kind of 
hand the torch off to either Keekley or Thompson. And we also talked, too, about all the concussions that Luke Keekley has acquired over the years. You know, and he's he's possibly in a position where one more good shot could really affect his future, not just, you know, not just with the Panthers, but possibly playing football, you know, his career in the NFL, if, if he suffers one more severe enough concussion. So, you know, that's always something to kind of keep stored in the back of your mind. And then you look at the secondary, you know, James Bradbury coming off a good second season, he'll be manning one of the corners. Uh, it's a bit of a battle for the, the other cornerback position, you know, Kevon Seymour, Ross Cockrell, Dante Jackson seem like they're all three of them are going to get looks at the, at the other outside corner. I think Seymour feels like the favorite right now, or at least he'll be in the lead when we get to training camp. But I think all three are definitely in the mix. And then, um, you know, safety wise, you've got 37 year old Mike Adams still, uh, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? A 37 year old safety, and he's one of the better safeties, really. You know, it's not like he's elite, but he he gets the job done. Um, and then you're probably looking at maybe Colin Jones or Denor Searcy, kind of battling for that other secondary job. So I think you're going to see a little bit of an improvement from the secondary, especially at the cornerback position, because Daryl Worley was pretty disappointing last year. So I think the competition between those three guys is really going to help create better production opposite Bradbury. And I think over, especially in this kind of division, you know, as you're well aware, you know, facing the Falcons twice here, you got to deal with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. You know, you look at the Saints and all their receivers, uh, the Buccaneers and Mike Evans, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges just within this division. So, you have to hope that one of these three really kind of takes the reins and gives Panthers fans that confidence that they can hang, you know, with essentially these big boys here in the NFC South. Yeah, it'll be interesting sort of to see because like the Panthers in their secondary has like this weird mix of a lot of youth and a lot of really old guys. Um, they do, yeah. There's like really no in between. Yeah, you know, even Denoris Searcy is like 29. Colin Jones, I think, is 30. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it balances out for them. And, you know, I, I, again, I, I still think the defense is still going to be pretty good. Um, you know, whether or not, I guess, being on your third offense, defensive coordinator in three years, how much an effect that has, we'll, we'll have to see. But I do think from a personnel standpoint, just because of the continuity, as you mentioned, and the focus on their front seven, they'll still be good. It's just a, a question of how good. Um Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I think, you know, most of the questions do seem to center around the offense. You have several questions. Basically, I guess, is is the offensive line going to hold up, I guess, Um are you going to have another one of these wide receivers, whether it's DJ Moore, whether it's Torrey Smith, whether it's Curtis Samuel, is somebody, or even Christian McCaffrey, is someone going to step up and basically become Cam's second option to Greg Olson? And uh, if those things happen, I do think the offense should certainly should benefit under North Turner's um, guidance. And we'll see sort of whether or not um, the Panthers can get back into the playoff hunt. You know, obviously, I'm a little biased here. I, th- I think the Falcons and Saints are still a little bit ahead of those teams. I'm not as convinced that the NFC South will have three uh, playoff teams this year as it set up last year. But uh, I certainly think the, the Panthers are not a team that you can just sort of dismiss by any means. And will certainly, as long as Cam Newton is healthy, they will certainly be competitive in, in the competition for a playoff spot. Yeah, no, I agree, you know, and I think I kind of agree with you that I don't think this division is going to have three playoff teams again. You know, like we talked before, the NFC is has just become so good. You know, it used to be, like in the 2000s, it was all about the AFC, and you can kind of just crown the AFC champs. Well, it's, it's swung back to the NFC. I mean, you've got Philly, you've got the Vikings, you've got the Rams. Um, the, Pack, the Packers are going to get better with Aaron Rodgers healthy, you know, Seattle's always in the mix just because of Russell Wilson. Uh, San Francisco is a team on the rise. Dallas is always a team to watch out for. Detroit, you know, so there's there's a lot of competition that it, I think it's going to be, you know, especially with, with the divisions kind of beating each other up, it's really going to make things difficult f- for this division to see uh, three playoff teams again. Yeah. Well, um, Bill, I, I look forward to talking with you when we get to September, when the Falcons and Panthers square off for whatever that week, week two, week three. I still haven't figured out what what game that is. Week two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll. By the time we get to September first, I might have committed it to memory. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I look forward to talking with you again. Uh, hopefully, this sort of gives my listeners a primer. Um, and also, you know, for your listeners, things that they've been talking about all off season long and sort of putting the perspective on what are the big questions, at least from a Falcon fans perspective with this Panthers team from an outsider perspective. So I appreciate you coming on and let my listeners know, uh, where they can find your stuff, you know, obviously locked on Panthers as well as elsewhere on the internet. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, yeah, you follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, um, Locked on Panthers, Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, um, and, you know, wherever, you know, hopefully always looking around for other things to play around with and work on. So just just follow me and kind of see where I go, I guess. 
Okay. Well, Bill, I appreciate it. And uh, certainly, as I said, we'll be talking in about, what, eight weeks or so? Something like that? I don't know. Can't do math. Um, Amazing. um, Yeah. So, uh, no, not eight weeks. I I can't do math. I'm sorry. I was butchering it. Um, It doesn't matter. Uh, September. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, appreciate it, Bill, and uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, Aaron. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, man. So, hope you guys enjoyed my appearance there on the Locked On Falcons podcast. Uh, actually, the second Locked On podcast that I've been on in the last couple of weeks. I was actually fortunate enough to be on the Locked On Giants podcast as well. So, go check that out if you. If you find it, um, you know, you could just search, you know, they, they, they just did a preview of the Panthers, you know, going through all the Giants opponents. So I was lucky enough to be on with them. So with that, I um, want to remind you guys that tomorrow will be my interview with Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report. We broke down the Panthers rookies and talked a little bit about some of the quarterbacks and running backs in the 2019 NFL draft. So hope you guys are excited for that. So until next time, Bill Rossetti, thanks for listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.